Welcome back to the Joe Mobley Show. I am still Joe Mobley, your host in the uncloseted, the original uncloseted conservative, and she is still outspoken. Samantha, your co-host, and still named Samantha and still outspoken. <laughs> so, uh, no guys, major developments there. <laughs> yeah, no major developments. Like like a work meeting. Yeah, nothing has changed. Uh, guys, we 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 can't talk about all the things. I wish that we could talk about all the things. We can never talk about all the things. Um, but we're going to talk about some of the things. Some of those things are we're going to be diving in a little bit, not all the nerdy finance stuff, but a little bit of a dive uh, into the debt ceiling, which I'm starting to believe is just a misnomer. They should stop saying it's a debt ceiling because a ceiling like this is my ceiling. I can't go any higher. Um, but... The debt ceiling is definitely more imaginary. Ceiling and name only. Uh, we're going to be talking about the summer of boycotts, which I personally am loving. Loving the Anheuser-Busch Bud Light boycott. Loving that people are getting on board with the Target boycott. We've been boycotting Target, um, the Mobley family, for a year and a half now. Netflix, Disney, all this. It's just so wonderful. And we get our money back. You know, We're not paying for those uh, subscriptions. We're going to be talking about the compulsory uh, apologies that are going on, which is still something that I refuse to do. I'm very glad that I haven't been put in the situation, but I look forward to the day to telling people to pound sand uh, because of their nonsense, childlike views. And we are talking about Canada's one and only blackface czar, Justin Trudeau. So could it be fun? <laughs> it's going to be a good time. <laughs> yeah. So let's get into it. No problem at all. All right. If you are watching live, thank you guys for being here on the live. Appreciate the comments, the engagements already flying in the chat. If you would be so kind, you're watching on a device that's connected to the internet and it has a podcast app. It also has an internet browser. Go ahead and open both of those things and find the Joe Mobley show in podcasts. I don't care where you listen to your podcast, Stitcher or Podbean, Apple Music, Amazon. I don't care, just as long as it's not Bud Light podcast or, you know, Target podcast. <laughs> uh, go ahead, find the Joe Mobley show, like the show, subscribe, like the show, subscribe to the show. And if you're on YouTube, just make better choices. Uh, but since you're there, like, subscribe. Uh, make sure that you head over to Rumble because any day, any week, any month, literally from interviews that are, are years old now, my show could disappear. Uh, so make sure that show some love on Rumble where it matters. And while your phone is out, you're just getting warmed up. It feels so good. You're liking, you're subscribing. Go ahead and type in outspoken Samantha. You can't actually click the buttons on the screen, guys. They're not real buttons, but you can type. You can type with these guys. These are thumbs. Uh, you can type in Outspoken Samantha, just like it sounds. There's also links to all this stuff in the show notes, which are just below our lovely faces. 
Unless you're a podcast guy. If you're a podcast guy, then um, it's interesting. Podcasts oh. are interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I have not delved into podcasts just yet. So I I rely far too much on YouTube, guys. So help me break the bad habit by going over to Rumble because, oh, we we need to put these companies in their place. We need to put these businesses in their place. So. You say that, but your your Facebook tribe like rolls deep. Like you you have a very robust yeah. and boisterous Facebook crowd. Uh, so, and their their comments are very funny. I know. I thoroughly enjoy the conversations that we have on Facebook. We just need to move them over. I don't know. Let me know what you guys are using. Are you using Getter? Are you using MeWe? I personally really like Getter. I think it's it's pretty similar to Facebook. I feel like it's, uh, you know, there isn't a learning curve or anything to it. So that would be my preference. But I use Getter. I, I really like Getter. I would like to see it um, become, in functionality, it's just like Twitter. Um, I actually want to make sure that we're live on Getter now that you mention it. Um, yeah, functionally, it's just like Twitter in my mind. But, um, oh, why the, hmm, the image has not updated. Interesting. Uh, maybe I need to update or something. Anyway, uh, da, 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 da. but it's, it's, Getter is kind of like Truth Social in that it's mostly an echo chamber, mostly like right-wing folks yeah. over there. Um, and I actually do. I like diversity of thought, which is the diversity that matters. So, you know, people. Absolutely. You, Absolutely. you liberals well, out there. Well, and that's part of the reason that I really still like Twitter. Um, and it's, you know, it's great that Elon Musk is taking over that platform, though he has done some questionable things even just today. That uh, I knew that, when you said Twitter, I was like, yeah. <laughs> she's going to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you guys are paying attention, but they uh if you've heard of Matt Walsh and the Daily Wire, they did this documentary about a year ago called What is a Woman. They were going to uh on the anniversary of, of releasing this this doc I guess it's a documentary. Um they were going to play it on Twitter and everything was going well and then Twitter revoked the invitation said they weren't going to do it and then Elon Musk came and said that uh you know, that that was the wrong move and the wrong decision. But then I was watching other tweets of Elon Musk and he was talking about the thing that we were talking about before with Linda Yaccarino, where he was giving advertisers the option to decide where they wanted to put their advertisements, whether it be implying basically whether it be with conservative speech or with liberal speech. So, um, so it was a very kind of questionable day on Twitter, but it is still far more free speech friendly than Facebook. <laughs> Diamond Dave, it is cool and it is indeed live. Uh, so thanks for the comment. I'll say the the advertising thing, it seems weird. It seems icky. It's actually not. People that sell ads, that's actually what we need. Again, I'm not selling any ads, especially if there's anyone from my employer listening. This is a free podcast. No one pays for anything. Uh, 
It would be nice yeah. to get my, if I get authorization, then I'm going to get the Joe Mobley shop up and running um, because some people, especially on the email, again, love getting your thoughts, comments, questions, concerns, whatever, product ideas. The email address is ask at thejoemobleyshow.com. Um, but a lot of people have emailed like in the last six weeks, like, hey, I wanted to buy this shirt for Father's Day. And I'm like, oh man, you can't, one or two of you, I just sent it to you for free because I felt bad. Um, but the uncloseted conservative shirts and all of my funny Joe Biden ones, the one star Joe Biden would not recommend. Um, you can't buy it right now because I still don't have approval uh, for outside work authorization. But if I get it, then the shop is back on. And I don't know if we'll do ads. Uh, the ads actually really get on my nerves. Um, yeah. So that's a conversation for another time. Um, yeah. But yeah. But when you place ads... Um, we don't want to waste our money. So I do not like in Google ads and AdSense um, and YouTube for the brief time that I was even able to do this um, between 1,000 and like 6,000 YouTube subscribers. I didn't want to show my ads to people unless you've got unlimited money and you control. I don't want to waste my money like before Joe Behar or or yeah. or something like that. So it would be like one time I paid for an ad and I targeted um ladder with crowder um mm -hmm. and it, it ended up being something crazy like crazy expensive like six cents a click or something like that um wow. which is that's expensive <laughs> so yeah uh yeah but you know if we if people were a little bit more resilient and we we weren't in our feelings all the time then we could deign to see an ad that expressed an opinion that we didn't agree with if you're conservative, you don't have a choice. You're every, every ad on Hulu, on, do they do ads on Netflix? I don't think they do. If they did every ad for the next 30 days, it's going to be gay. I'm not saying gay like, oh, that's gay, even though I think that's gay, but literally gay, like, like L G, big G. Yep. Yeah. Anyway. Oh man, yeah. guys. Pride goes before the fall. Don't you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, at least, you know, we're mentally prepared for that. We're ready for literally everything to be covered in rainbows for the next 30 days. So, you know, and it's appropriate for your grandmother all the way down to your. <laughs> so you've like, got your your boycott button ready. Boop. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it is what it is. But it's it's a good budgeting strategy. You can just cancel stuff. I know, I know. We saved money when we canceled Disney Plus. We're saving money because I don't go and stroll mindlessly stroll through the uh, aisles of Target anymore. You know, this is really the best way to save money for your family. And honestly, I think husbands everywhere are rejoicing in how much money is not being spent at Target right now. I agree. In fact, it might be a conspiracy theory that husbands are actually behind the Target boycott. They're like, hey, how do we get our wives to stop shopping at Target? <laughs> and they called the LGBTQ community and they're like, put up a pride display. Not buying from anyone with rainbow. Why do Democrats push gay stuff on the American people? Um, well, you know, Jeff, I will say it's not about it's not about the the sexual proclivity. It's it's about uh, it, it's Solinsky's rules for radicals, and it's about 
um, you know, changing the Overton window, changing the limits of what's acceptable. Uh, Michael Knowles asked, controlling words, controlling minds, ding. Um, yeah. yeah, so just well, it, it's about well, creating we'll a psychological cage. Yeah, we'll get into that a little bit more when we talk about the boycotts and then this other stuff that is kind of happening with some of the baseball teams. I mean, there's a whole there's a whole reason and that they're pushing this stuff on the American people. And it has absolutely nothing to do with love and tolerance. It has nothing to do with equal rights for gay people and loving who you want to love. It has absolutely nothing to do with that. But they label it that way so that when we oppose it, it sounds like we're opposing rights for gay people or we're opposing you know relationships that aren't traditional so there's a reason that they package things the way that they do but it, it never has anything to do with what they're actually telling us that it does 100 percent. so it is 8 45 i am am failing uh, as a host so we'll jump into the first story we will be short we'll be sweet i, I say that maybe we won't be but uh, guys, the House did pass the debt ceiling bill in a bipartisan vote. Uh, so it's moving to Senate. The, guys, the Senate's going to pass this thing. Joe Biden's going to sign it. It's, it's calamitous. It's going to be hugely stupid. Um, now, I, I think the biggest fun factor of it all is it's called the Fiscal Responsibility Act, which is utter nonsense. If you think about being fiscally responsible, this, this is like a philosophical rule. This is kind of like a law of the universe. If it is right and good and works in the little things, then it is right and good and works in the big things. We find this in both the New and the Old Testament. We find this principle in Proverbs. It's just wisdom, guys. Even if you're an a-religious person, uh, spend less than you make. That's the rule. Those are the rules that govern personal finance for the home. Uh, that's what actual fiscal responsibility is. And, um, you know, the Epic Times is covering this whole thing and there's like a thousand opinion stories. Oh my gosh, if you type in, if you just type D in the Google, debt ceiling and opinion pieces are going to pop up. Uh, McCarthy says that he believes that this agreement, um, he, I believe this is an agreement in principle that's worthy of the American people. Uh, Kevin McCarthy, I think that you're an idiot for this. Um, I, I don't think that this is a good agreement. I think the principles of debt are the borrower is slave to the lender, and you are indebting the American people's children's children's children. So my kids, sweet little kids, my grandkids, and their sweet little kids, my great-great-grandkids are going to be paying for this. All you got to do is pop up the national, um, you know, the debt, like type in the Google, the uh, the like the live debt, tally and just watch it as trillions of dollars and it just goes up 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 uh but this yeah. man chip roy is on yeah. on fire uh chip says at best we'll have a two-year spending freeze that's full of loopholes and gimmicks um absolutely right just like the last spending freeze somehow these departments of government still buy billions of dollars of bullcrap uh so what yeah. are your thoughts yeah, no, I, I love what Chip Roy has been doing. Um, he's getting out there and exposing exactly, you know, what Congress is not doing. And, you know, he's come out and said <laughs> exactly the best that we can hope is to have a spending freeze for two years. And the 
I think a lot of people that were opposed to this bill, um, you know, Chip Roy, I know, I think Lauren Boebert was opposed to it. The list of people that were opposed to it suddenly seemed to shrink uh, the more that they were debating this bill. But the idea, they want to get back to pre-COVID size of government. And what just blows my mind is before COVID, it was, I mean, I don't know if unfathomable, but to me it was unfathomable to pass a bill that was a trillion dollars or over a trillion dollars. And yep. I mean, to my, to my understanding, we had never done anything like that. And now they are making this the norm. Like we're not talking about million or billion dollar bills anymore. The norm is now trillion dollars. So, so to label this as something called fiscal responsibility is an absolute joke. If you look at the bills in the past, you know, the COVID relief bill that didn't actually provide COVID relief or the infrastructure bill that had nothing to do with infrastructure or the Inflation Reduction Act that actually raises inflation. They have a, ha they have a habit of labeling these bills things that do the opposite of what they are supposed to do, or at least what we're being sold as. And from what I understand, we didn't get anything other than what Chip Roy just said, which was a, friend, a spending freeze, which is really just to get through the next election. It's not really to do anything. <laughs> oh. Yeah, um, Chip asked the question, what do the American people get? What do we get for this deal? And the answer is emphatically nothing except for more debt, more more bondage. Um, th this is why people don't think about these numbers. I tried to pull. I know this is a fact, but I tried to pull this and I couldn't find it. People do not think about these numbers. This is a trillion dollars. OK, so everyone we we have trouble. We have trouble conceptualizing some of the numbers, but we have you have money, so a, a dollar's a dollar, a hundred, a thousand, a thousand thousands is a million dollars, a thousand millions is a billion dollars, a thousand billions is one trillion dollars. The United mm -hmm. States' GDP is about 20 to 25 trillion dollars. Now, keep in mind the reparations deal is gonna, the reparations deal that um, dumb, dumb Californians proposed is going to cost, I think, $180 trillion. No, it's going to cost $220 trillion. But global GDP, all of the countries, all of the king's horses, all of the king's men is like $180 trillion. Um, so given that the entire world produces $180 trillion of stuff, $1 trillion, is almost it's 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 a little over half a percent. Yeah. No one, no government anywhere should be doing deals like that. <laughs> that that's that's the definition of fiscal irresponsibility. But the fiscal yeah. responsibility act, boom, trillion dollars. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like it's it's almost comical that they labeled it that. Um, but I think. What people also, and myself included, struggle to conceptualize is the fact that this debt rests on our shoulders. And a lot of people have mentioned, you know, kicking the can down the road and just essentially pushing these things out so far so that the people that are in office now or even, you know, people that are like our age 
really aren't going to feel as big of an impact or they're not going to have to deal with the consequences of it like our children will. But if we don't, you know, if we're not the ones that have to deal with it, then it doesn't seem to matter a whole lot. And but the idea of taking, you know, having debt or taking out loans is that you can pay them back. But essentially all they're doing is taking out more loans to pay off the previous loans and then bigger loans to pay for the things that they want to see coming. And it's just compiling this debt. And at some point, like the economy is just going to crash and that's going to have worldwide impact because the world relies on the U.S. economy. So, you know, what does that mean for our kids? What does it mean for the next generation or the generation after that? Like, that's not that far off. I'm sorry, I wasn't listening. I'm an entitled American. I don't care about other generations. <laughs> like, oh man, we we want things uh, now, cheap, easy. You know, it 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 cracks me up that we talk so much about slavery. Meanwhile, there are more slaves alive now than there were in the transatlantic slave trade. Um, and in other countries, and some of the same countries that they were in, but we're also we're indebting, we're enslaving, we're putting our future generations in bondage and, and chains that you can't see, but physically, almost physically in bondage. They're going to have this thing hanging, just hanging around their neck, dragging down their upward mobility, their ability to pur purchase property and land. I yeah. I feel like it's a freaking Greek tragedy, but you know I'm a Dave Ramsey guy. No one wants to hear uh, what I think about debt. So, <laughs> uh, um, you want to move on to the next story? No, I want to. Sorry, I wanted to touch on one more thing just Hit regarding it. um, I, related to the fact that they called this like the Fiscal Responsibility Act. First of all, the fact that we have um, like Democrats celebrating this and you know it's it's not a good sign <laughs> the fact that they called this a win because we know that democrats don't compromise on anything so essentially they got everything they wanted as chip roy mentioned the uh the loopholes you know they're they're essentially going to be able to do whatever they want there's always a way around uh the provisions in the bill and the amendments but also, I think, you know, and this is something that I read about even a couple of years ago, you know, we do have Marxists in office. And I think people need to kind of realize more what that means. But there's a lot of people in Congress right now on the left, the far left extremists that believe in modern monetary theory. And and I I don't I'm sure that you've heard of that. I don't think it's a popular, you know, a well-known idea at this point. But essentially, modern monetary theory is basically that you don't have to think about the budget. You think that as long as you are a currency issuer, which the U.S. is, that you should be able to just print money for all the things that you need. And that once the inflation starts going up, to counter that inflation, uh, you it's hard to explain. To counter the inflation, you raise the price of the thing so the demand goes down. And then when the demand goes down, it forces the prices to go down again. So it's kind of this backwards way of thinking, but essentially there's zero fiscal responsibility in that. These people honestly, truly believe that you should be able to print money, print as much money as you want, whenever you want for what you need. So there is zero fiscal responsibility. These people never, ever, ever, ever plan on 
balancing a budget or passing any kind of a reasonable budget or stopping, you know, borrowing money of any kind. Um, this is just, you know, so the fact that they're happy about this, they know that that is just one more thing down the road um, towards essentially this disruption of the market. Yep. Sorry. That's that's <laughs> Keynesian economics there. Uh, and the, the problem with modern economic theory, which someone actually said something in the chat. I was looking for it because I lost it. I don't know if it was Facebook or YouTube. Um, but it, it was it was basically about spending your way out of debt and Americans just buy, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, that that stuff doesn't work in reality. The way economics works is um, you do need to spend less than you make. There does need to be some type of budget. And and look, you know, if you're leveraging debt, if you're using a mortgage or if you're using uh, investment vehicles, that are regular investment vehicles, 401ks, mutual funds, IRAs, those types of things. Um, there's there's a certain level of risk, but they're kind of guaranteed over a 10-year period for the whole entire history of the stock market, the mutual fund is going to be in the positive over a 10-year period. If you jump off the roller coaster, then you will secure your losses. But if you stay in, if you treat a long-term investment like a long-term investment, you are going to win, period. Uh, the other problem is this idea that we can manipulate the markets, which is exactly, I, I think you nailed it. You're talking about market manipulation. Instead, what needs to be done is market driving or market influencing. That's when you bring a good to market, a service, a product, a good, an idea, whatever, and you're creating new value that wasn't in the world. All of the components of an iPhone, nothing in here is new like on Earth. All of these materials were around, but the ingenuity, the innovation, the the idea generation to create this, Steve Jobs, turned nothing into something and this is a new value it's not taking people's money and you know there's this much piece of the pie this is a whole new pie apple's a whole new pie it's the first trillion dollar organization in the history of the world um so we need to bake more pies we need to bake completely new pies and bring new products there's crap all over my desk and people made this junk and it's like wow there didn't used to be Bluetooth speakers. You used to have to wire in the speakers. Actually, it used to be the, the megaphone thing, those brass shells. Then someone made a freaking speaker with a wire, and now there's Bluetooth speakers. I don't even know how this works, but it works, and I paid for it, and you pay for yeah. it too. That's how economics works. That's how influencing economics works. You don't want to manipulate the global system. That's stupid, but yeah. these freaking World Economic Forum idiots they just want to play God in like the weirdest way, like with yeah. this market stuff. It's yeah, never well, worked. No. And essentially, I mean, they they want the the outcome of a valuable product without actually creating a valuable product. So, you know, they essentially want everything that comes from creating, you know, the phone that you have in your hand without actually giving you the phone in your hand. But they want all the <laughs> money that will come from that. So, you know, they don't want to give us anything of value for the money that they're spending, but they just want to be able to continue to do it, uh, which essentially, like, if you keep printing money and there's nothing that comes with it, then everything kind of goes downhill. So it's it's just not it's just not good. Um, but essentially, like the goal is to destroy the free market. So that's what they're going for. So again, fiscal responsibility. 
it's like it just blows my mind that he would they would like it, it's almost like they're kidding like that should be a meme of something. <laughs> yeah <laughs> like a t-shirt or something yeah. all right so question for you because i feel uh and and question for the viewers go ahead and let us know in the chat because i've been feeling like a certain kind of way my favorite watch is a like this leather um orient watch and it's awesome and it's open face and it's mechanical movement uh but the glass broke which is super annoying and now it's like do i get it fixed or buy a new one i'm really attached to this one anyway i've been wearing uh in strange joe mobley land my backup watch i guess is a gold watch a gold citizen watch but i feel so weird like i feel like like this is like a bougie watch <laughs> And I don't feel like a bougie person, um, but it's on my desk. We're talking about money. I don't know, like how, uh, like I've worn it to work for the last few days and I'm just like, I don't know. I hope no one gets the wrong idea. I, I do need to wear a watch. I have to wear a watch. I have to wear a, a mechanical or a digital watch. I can't wear a smart watch um, because where I work, if I wore a smart watch, I would go to prison. Um, so, <laughs> But I don't know. Like, am, am I am I weird for feeling weird about the watch? And there's one one of you fans I know right now. You are cracking up in your house, uh, and you're probably going to text me about this and say, "Yes, it's bougie slash you're bougie." I'm really not. Anyway, what are your thoughts? Well, I think I'm I am so like the opposite of anything like accessories of any kind and i hate calling your watch an accessory but that's what it is like you know i don't wear watches or anything you don't wear a watch at all Ugh. i don't wear a watch i don't wear earrings i don't do even you wear check your time on your phone yeah most of the time i don't even want to know what time <laughs> okay i was gonna say what if yeah. you couldn't bring a phone would you wear a watch yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I probably would just be fine. I mean, I, I don't ever want to know what time it is. <laughs> you were not people, military service members and veterans. I believe that the military gives you anxiety about time because, like, being <laughs> late, you can lose rank, you can get demoted, lose pay. Like being late, uh -huh. people can die because you were late. Not usually, but. <laughs> So well, they 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 just infuse the spirit of chaos about time. So we're all like dialed in on time. I say that we always start the show late, but that's okay. No one does. That, that makes sense. To me. <laughs> and I'm like the polar opposite. Like I am perpetual. I'm late to literally everything, and it does not seem to matter. <laughs> What it is? Maybe I need a watch. Wow. Maybe I need a watch. <laughs> wow. But. And I and most of the time I'm like, you know, people hinge so much on being on time, but ultimately, like nothing life ending has ever happened for me being just a couple minutes late or even like 15 minutes late. I'm like, nobody died. So it's fine. Wow. How yeah. I want to check how the stream is going because Rumble is like super glitchy. Let's see. Oh. I can hear myself. All right. Well, YouTube's going fine. Interesting. Rumble, yeah. their servers, they 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 need to keep on keeping on. All right. Well, Di Diamond Dave, <laughs> your name is really Diamond Dave, not a plant. Diamond says, says, Diamond Dave says, I would wear the gold watch. But I'm Hindu, so that comes from a religious view. I am 
Christian, so I don't know how Christians feel about gold. I uh, I don't know. My I wife know. is more I mean, precious than rubies. I have a gold wedding band. I, I mean, guess. I think there's you know something about golden calves and like worshiping. <laughs> <laughs> I was gone for 10 minutes. What are you doing with this? How did you even make this? <laughs> like they gather all their gold together. Yeah. <laughs> That's strong yeah. argument against. That's strong yeah. argument against. Yeah. The That's the truth the is I need to get my leather watch fixed and then boom, then I'm It's also pretty expensive, but people feel differently about it. I feel that people feel differently about it. it's just in my head. I I should get over it. Yeah, yeah. I, I honestly like I couldn't I work in an office during the day with a bunch of attorneys and there's like 15 of them. I could not tell you who wears a watch and who doesn't. I have absolutely no idea. So I guarantee like no one is paying attention to your watch. Dave says he doesn't realize he's the only non-Christian. Here's the thing. We believe in diversity of thought, Dave. So your opinions and your presence are more than welcome. Absolutely. Absolutely. I always think it's interesting when there are gay conservatives um, and, and they, they follow. I have a ton of gay conservative followers on Twitter. It's it's very interesting to me. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that is true diversity. It's diversity of thought, diversity of background, diversity of life experiences and perspective. So it's always appreciated. Bazinga. Yep. Oh, that is not a good picture, MTG. Uh, anyway, <laughs> sorry. Why oh, are we man. talking about MTG? She just popped up on Twitter. Uh, All right. So what's next? Is it Target losing $10 billion or? Sure. Uh, I don't know. Yes. Boycotts. Summer boycotts. Well, uh, hopefully you guys aren't buying from Target. But uh, now here's the thing. Let me state this emphatically just for my own purposes. I'm a Christian male. A lot of a lot of guys out here, gals out here are confused. I believe everything, everything, even the parts that I don't necessarily like. I believe everything in this book is true. This is a Bible. Uh <laughs> is is god breathed inspired um and that starts with the very beginning in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth god created man and woman each one he created them uh genesis 1 27 genesis 9 13 the promise of the rainbow the, the rainbow belongs to god and is more so a christian thing than a pride thing that's why i have a rainbow shirt that says the promise genesis 9 13 uh and you know if you get offended by it I literally don't care. It's my thing is enshrined in the Constitution. Free exercise of my religion, which the Supreme Court says, well, what's the test? Uh, it's sincerity of belief. Or the, is this a closely held belief? Yes. Um, so with all that said, I believe that all of these letters, the LGB, the T, the Q, the Q, I, L, M, N, O, P, whatever, uh, I believe that they're sins. Great. I sin all the time. And you guys sin all the time. I don't think that I'm in any habitual sins right now. I'm sure that I will be reminded of that if I am uh, by the people who know and love me. <laughs> but uh, uh, this is this is the sin that they're trapped in. James talks about, um, I think James 4, 1-ish talks about how 
sin and snares and entangles. Um, but he talked about um, helping to escape the sin that clings so closely. It is hard to defeat the selfish things. There's a book called The Bondage Breaker. It is a tremendous book for anyone who's trying to get out of a habitual sin. Um, but it it doesn't just ensnare like, oh, shoot, I, I fell into that. It clings so closely because these are the desires of our own evil hearts, uh, which reminds me, this isn't James. Is it James? It might be Hebrew. Uh, somewhere New Testament vibes. Um, it's talking about the cycle of sin, uh, where out of man's own evil desire, we give birth to sin. And when our sin is conceived and gives birth to no, uh, our own evil desire conceives, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, uh, brings forth death. Uh, I'd probably just fuse like three different translations together. Anyway, uh, so all of your letter guys, all of you alphabet people, I believe it's a sin just like my normal sins. Not my normal sins, my habitual sins, just like Samantha's and everyone else's. Um, can you, do you exist? Sure. Uh, well, most of you exist. The other ones are science fiction. Um, can we boycott over the, do I need to participate in the celebration and the pride, which is the literal sin, pride in and of itself is a sin. Do I need to participate in that? No, I won't be compelled to. And it doesn't seem super serious to you, but I would literally forget about jobs and bank accounts. I would literally fight you to the death. I'd probably win over that over our ability to not engage in your sin, which happens mm -hmm. to be sex perverse sexual proclivities. It doesn't matter to me that that's what it is. If it was alcoholism or human trafficking or whatever, I'm still out. I would be boycotting your business. All of that said, all of that said, I'm super excited that people are boycotting, boycotting Target. <laughs> what are your thoughts? Yeah. Well, I mean, yes, I am a Christian and, you know, I have a lot of the same thoughts about sin and just particular lifestyle choices and whatnot. But to me, the bigger issue, because that used to be kind of the argument, you know, whether or not gay people should be able to get married or have like kind of the same recognition um, as far as their relationships as traditional marriage. And that, that I think was kind of the start of the argument, but I think that was essentially kind of um, it's kind of what lit the flame for them to continue on this path to say that that is still why we are boycotting things like Target and uh, you know anti Pride Month and whatever else. Like they they still insist that it's just about being against LGBTQ people because you can believe something is a sin or that somebody is doing something sinful without believing that they should be run off the planet or that they don't deserve human rights or, you know, all of these things because. But we're you know, not going to give you allowance to target kids, though. Exactly. That's... So that is the whole thing. It's like, <laughs> That's like yikes. You know, and this isn't about me supporting your lifestyle. It's about no. the fact that you took it from this place where we were really just talking about who gets to get married and, and who has that legal right. And now like they're still riding that argument, even though that they know that that's not what it's about. And they're using that to say, we still have a right to put all of this pride stuff in the store, even though now it's got like pronoun onesies for, for babies and toddler 
you know, outfits with pride stuff all over it. It's like, if this were just about you wanting to marry whoever it is that you want to marry, why do you need to see a baby in a pronoun onesie? Um, so it's not the same argument anymore. It's not the same point. You know, it's not about whether or not I believe what you're doing is a sin. It's the fact that you've blown it up beyond this thing of who gets to get married. And now you're trying to normalize, you know, talking about a toddler's sexuality or a baby's preferred pronouns or, um, you know, whatever kind of relationship or whether or not teachers should be able to have sexual conversations with children in the classroom or, you know, if we should have porn books in schools, like it's blown up into this huge thing where it's like, yeah, we're we're to the point where we recognize that that is not what you are just about anymore and that the path that we started on has led to this massively slippery slope where we're literally talking about minor attracted persons. So, so I want to I want to add to cuz I I froze it on this on purpose, but let's see. Can I get this in here? All right. So, uh if you haven't heard of, I don't believe like the QAnon people that like, oh, if you say the goat, like who's the goat that you're worshiping Satan? No, I think goat means greatest of all time. But there is uh, this issue of Bofamat, um, which is, you know, basically anyone who's into Satanism, worshiping Satan and like weird Knights of the Templar kind of like, the conspiracies just run amok, but just getting past all that. Uh, where did it go? It's gone. Well, yeah, but this guy, you've seen this guy yeah. before, like ah, crazy looking goat snake. And why would you put boobs on the goat? It's just a lot of weirdness there. Um, but there are a lot of Christians that are confused. And if we could just kick some people in the balls, I prefer to kick Christians. You know, kind of like, kind of like I can make fun of my brothers and sisters, but you can't like, you know, otherwise we fight to the death kind of thing. Um, what, what, what about this guys? Isn't this interesting? Yeah. Satan respects pronouns, pins for kids with both of that on it with the weird mm -hmm. little gender confused thing on it. Now, look, because <laughs> there people keep telling me you're no one's this isn't about your closely held beliefs this isn't about creating an environment that promotes the persecution of christians this 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 is about them it's not about you but bro <laughs> like yeah how how did your preference for who you want to date, marry, whatever, how did that get intertwined with Satan and Bofemat and Satan respecting pronouns? Like, can someone shoot the gap for me? I think that I'm decently intelligent, but I don't understand. Yeah. No, I I completely agree. And that's, you know, kind of what I was just saying with this slippery slope. It's like you guys started out in this one place and somehow we've got tar like pins being sold to children with satanic demons on them. And we're just supposed to say, live and let live. Like this is supposed to be okay. I mean, it it matters what we put out in society. And, you know, and I said this the other day, like, 
you know, it seems that the more we learn, you know, that gender ideology is literally put into everything in society, it's gone so far from just like LGBTQ community to like gender ideology, the more that it's put out there, the more that we hear about Satan worship and Satanists. And I'm like, is that a coincidence or, and I realize that, you know, this is, these are like the activist group. This is like the extreme group because there's a lot of LGBTQ people that are also speaking out against this. So I'm not saying that, you know, this, this Satanist belief system is that it coincides with it's synonymous with being like a gay or a lesbian or anything like that. But it just seems like the more, as I said, the more we get into gender ideology and putting pronouns on baby onesies and just assuming that a toddler knows whether or not they're gay or straight, the more that we see with Satan worship and satanic symbols. I mean, there was the thing with Balenciaga just a couple of months ago and you know, we had kids in bondage gear with like satanic messages throughout the, the, you, the campaign. You didn't like whips and chains, uh, you know, teddy bear, you know, fellatio Barbie. You, you know, call me crazy, but that's just kind of my line in the sand. <laughs> I just, I just want to know how, like my, my one-year-old is like learning how to talk, which is something that only humans do because we're a different type of thing as Aristotle noted. Um, not just some random animal who came out of soup and like, oh, surprise, we, we have these crazy brains and stuff. Um, but he can like barely talk, but I'm supposed to be like, hey, little dude, tell me about like, I respect your opinions. Tell me about your sexuality so we can, right. you know, and like. That would be weird. That would be weird if you're like, hey, guys, guess what I just talked to my one year old about? Like. I'd be like, what? <laughs> that would be so weird. Ugh, I mean, gosh. no. And then no. we get yelled at for shielding our kids from it or from saying, hey, I get to decide what's appropriate. One, it's it's my house and they're my kids. So I get to decide what's appropriate. And you guys are constantly kicking down the door like we get to decide what's appropriate. And I mean, they they super hate us. We homeschool. We're Christians. My wife is the mother of all of my children. You yeah. know, I, I yeah. ran my intersectionality score and I came up like a negative two. Uh, even though I'm black and I'm from the hood, my parents were never married and no one in my family went to college and all, which is kind of changing. People are going to college now. It's interesting. Um, but I, I ran my thing. I was like plus six victim points yeah. but i think i was plus eight or nine oppression or uh oppressor points or whatever um so yeah i'm basically like a straight white dude unmarried i think that's where <laughs> i landed well and i i mean at least you can do that the only thing that i can do is apologize for my whiteness like <laughs> <laughs> that's all i got going for me i mean as far I'm, as intersectionality and victim i mean i'm a woman i'm so glad that you did i've been waiting i mean it's been a lot of shows and since you i'm so glad that you finally now yeah. i now i feel like it's a safe place for me to be who i truly as am as you should as you should <laughs> wow so well, what do you I mean, what do you think about the staying power do you i i think bud light's done 
Um, but Ted oh Cruz God. disagrees. Ted Cruz thinks that Bud Light will probably recover, but more so Target. He just thinks it's too big to fail. People are going to shop at Target in the future. Uh, you know, I I can see why he's saying that. And, you know, it it's hard to see this having the staying power that Bud Light has. And I think in that same article, or maybe it's another one I was reading, I don't know. He was talking about different boycotts that we've tried in the past, whether it was the NFL or, you know, I can't even think of any others right now. But um, Amusement think, parks, yeah. Yeah, well, and the thing, I mean, I think... I think the fact that, you know, Disney still has had, you know, taken a big hit to their business. I mean, they've had to fire a bunch of employees. They've had to close a few things down. And I think it's one of those things that it's going to be a slow decline. Like it's not going to be hit in the same way that Bud Light is. I think that the more, I think the, the difference with this one is the fact that people are waking up to the fact that this is not just about not wanting to purchase a shirt with a rainbow on it for my toddler or not having, you know, pride shoved in my face every time I walk in the store. They do truly realize that this is about an ideology that is so incredibly damaging um, to our children, to families, and that the basis for it is literally to destroy the family, to destroy um, objective truth, to change the way that we think about words and language and essentially drive us towards authoritarianism, which is you know, this whole agenda. But I think the more that people are seeing what this is really about, people are more motivated to stay away from it. But the key is to try and find alternatives, which is can be difficult, especially to someplace like Target. I think that we can boycott permanently, uh, not an insignificant amount of people, but if 10, 12, 15% of people cut the cord and never come back, that's substantial. That's really substantial, especially considering in business, um, one of the most powerful, the most powerful relationship is with an existing customer. Um, you, the, the cost of acquisition is already complete and you buy almost 90% of the things that you buy are your, it's recidivism, it's repeat, uh, patronage. So if you cut out Target for a time and you start shopping somewhere else, somewhere that maybe you didn't even shop before, we shop at places that we did not shop before we cut Target, one of those places, and there's a good argument that they're just as bad, but we buy stuff from Walmart now that we've never really bought from Walmart. Um, it is kind of weird. I, we were people of Walmart in high school and college, but we haven't really been people of Walmart for a long time. And let me tell you, even in Loudoun County, as bougie as it is out here, there are some people of Walmart. Oh my gosh, I'm so <laughs> glad I carry a gun when I go in there. Um, goodness gracious, that place is well, wild. Well, and Walmart has its own its own issues, and so I understand yeah. that. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. I hope that it has the staying power. I mean, I don't plan on shopping there anytime soon. I know that there's a lot of people that have just completely boycotted Target, and they've been doing it for years, and they've just found other alternatives. So obviously, it is doable. It's the, just... the big problem is the government. The government is propping up dying companies. The government will say, like it said with Ford and Chrysler, we can't let these institutions fail. So the government will, if the market doesn't respond, 
then let the company die. But I fully believe that the government will say, hey, guys, our buddies Disney, our buddies Target are in trouble and we have to pull the little puppet master strings and make things better for them. And it's a bunch of bull crap. Well, and I and I have a question about that as well, because I, I don't know if you saw that Bud Light donated like $200,000 to an LGBTQ organization in honor of Pride Month, which is a really interesting move considering they're plummeting and they have no hope of ever going back. So I'm like, what was that inspired by? Because I kind of think that they did that to appease you know, government higher ups and saying, hey, since we can't get our customer base back, if we pledge our loyalty to you, will you bail us out of this situation? So, you know, I don't know. But to me, that's the only thing that makes sense as to why they would do that when their company like has no hope at this point of recovering. I don't know. I hadn't heard that. Um... Yeah. It's interesting. Maybe it's just a double barrel middle fingers. Maybe they're just like, we don't care about you guys at all. We'll do what we want. <laughs> well, hmm. I don't know. I interesting. don't know. Interesting. I'm afraid to Google it. So I was seeing yeah, if I could I find think, it on Twitter. I think people also need to realize, like, what is the alternative? You know, we can continue to go buy our home decor from Target and go buy, you know, whatever from Kohl's because Kohl's also had a pride display there. Chick-fil-A is the latest to have this uproar because they have oh. DEI on the website. <laughs> You know, did you see like, Chick-fil-A's statement? Don't even get me started. Uh, oh, my gosh. You didn't see the Chick-fil-A thing? Oh, no. I got to I got to look it up. I, I got to get it. I can it. only follow so many boycotts at a time. <laughs> it, it's hard. It's hard. Um, let's see. What is this Canadian non-residential? If I type CFA into the Internet, I better see Chick-fil-A. Dang it. Not some bullcrap Canadian finance thing. How dare you? Canada. Oh, my God gosh chick-fil-a all right i'm triggered i'm fully i can't believe you haven't um their their uh equity thing this, this is something it just blows my mind is this it diversity equity and inclusive agenda oh where's the comment show me the comment i, I want to see it um I, okay i've read this with my own i've seen it with my own two eyes i'm not finding it right now so i'll try and uh, paraphrase it, but Chick-fil-A basically put out a statement. Oh, Chick-fil-A facing backlash. All right, Epic Times, you never let me down. Uh, about their diversity, equity, inclusion effort. Where's the statement? Oh, come on, show the same place where community insurance. They put out a statement that said that they're basically their top priority has been and will remain diversity, equity, and inclusion, and like until all people feel safe and respected, blah, 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 blah. Um, and it, it drives me crazy because, guys, there are two, one of two big lies. Every, all of the companies out there tell one of two lies. They say diversity, equity, inclusion is our number one priority, or they say our customer safety, your safety mm. is our number one priority. We just want to make sure that nothing ever happens to you. Bless your little heart. No, their, their safety is not your number one priority. Otherwise, they would buy a bunch of guns and they buy a bunch of, they would employ a bunch of former Navy SEALs and it'd be like, if you tried to attack our customers, we will pound you into the ground. Their safety is our number one priority. No, 
profit is the number one priority of a company. A company exists to sell a thing, a product, a service, to provide some kind of amenity to you that makes your life better and you see that value in that thing and you give them money and they give you that thing. That's a company's number one priority. If it's not, it's not a viable business. You can't run a business unless it's a security company or a safety company or something like medical and say that medical or safety or diversity, unless it's a diversity business, unless your business is, we sell diversity and inclusion and equality uh, and equity, I mean, um, like, uh, like Ibram X. Kendi could actually say this, diversity, equity, mm -hmm. and inclusion is my number one priority because he's a consultant that sells this educational crap as a thing, but Chick-fil-A, you sell sandwiches, chicken sandwiches, the Lord's chicken. That's your number one priority. Not DEI. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Well, and also, you know, with all of these companies that are, you know, we have to start including DEI in our policies and training and whatnot. I need to see the examples of all of the violence and the discrimination that was happening before you implemented DEI that led you to believe that this was necessary. Because I'm going to bet that nobody felt threatened, that nobody felt discriminated against, that nobody felt like they weren't being treated fairly. And I mean, you know, there are cases of employees obviously being not being treated fairly because sometimes you have a crappy boss or sometimes you just, you know, there's a conflict, you know, it, that's a normal thing. But it's like, where are we seeing this widespread discrimination and uh, lack of inclusivity in all of these businesses that are like that we we've just been driven to include dei because we're having such a problem here like, Ooh, or social justice happening. social justice that's one of my favorite ones too <laughs> yeah it's like i i what, was this an issue beforehand like usually that's you a make good a point you, you make decisions for your business sometimes based on issues that you've had in the past, you don't just throw things out there unless there's a problem to solve a lot of times. So it doesn't make sense. <laughs> Have you heard me go on my rant about the impossibility of equity or whatever in the workforce? No. It's, it's been a little while. What they're trying to do is impossible. Just like Hollywood is like making all the cast of everything black. In reality, black people, we are the minority. Words have meanings. Minority means not the dominant group, not the majority. So if we're 13% of the population, 12.6, 13.1, whatever, then that means out of 100 Americans, 13 on average are black. So if a show has 10 cast members, about 2.5 to 3.2 of them should be black. Not eight of them, not nine of them. That's not representative. That's representative of Africa. Here, three and 10 are black. Well, three and 10, that's 30%. Goodness gracious. Uh, one, one and a half, two out of 10 is black. So uh, I've said on the show a bunch, so I'll just say them by name. I used to work at Accenture. Accenture is a mega company. It's one of the largest consultancies in the world. And they've created all kinds of stuff that you guys don't even know, like the debit card. Accenture Consulting actually created the electronic banking card for Bank of America in the 70s. Um, but anyway, I digress. The company was like 580,000 people. 
Well, unlike the economy, the economy is not zero sum and we pretend that it is. People are zero sum. Boomers, we got what we got. You cannot create another boomer. You cannot create another millennial. We got what we got. Well, if if this number of the workforce, the labor force participation rate, and if this number of eligible Americans to work are working, this percentage is black. Let's say it's 13%. It's an actual zero-sum thing. So if Accenture, as a mega company, brings in 20% black leadership, but there's only 13% of black people available, then another company can't do 20% because there's only a fixed number. You'd have to import. You'd have to you'd have to get your boat and go over to Africa and involuntarily bring. It's not a good history. It's not a good look. So we, yeah. we can't do it. The other question is, if you get the equity dream, so... I, I, I work at your company, Outspoken Samanthas, and you got the equity dream. We'll say there's only four races. It'll be race A, B, C, and D. And I'm race B, B for black. And it's, you have you have 50% men, 50% women. Let's pretend in this crazy world there's only two genders. You have 50% men, 50% women, and you have 25% of each race. And I resign or I retire you have to put out a job announcement that is only for a a straight black Christian male, or you could just say a black man. That's illegal. Mm -hmm. That's absolutely illegal. But you can only yep. hire a black man because of the, the equity thing. Yep. And you can't, maybe one company in the world can get completely equal. And because it's zero sum, no other company could. If just one large company made it completely equal, they would have actually taken too many of the minorities so that there'd be none for anyone else because they're minorities. <laughs> that means there's not a lot of them. It just blows my <laughs> mind. I raised this question at a meeting and I'm not allowed to say, uh, I'm officially not allowed to say how that meeting went. But um, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, what if we what if we win? What if we achieve this thing that we're going after and I quit? What if, who do we hire then? Can't hire Samantha. But we can't deny Samantha because she's a woman or white because that's against the Civil Rights Act. And it's like, oh, no, maybe. And I was like, hey, I'm on your team. Let's say we achieve this. What happens when I leave? <laughs> like, you're <Yeah>. screwed. <laughs> oh, man. Well, and I. Can't, I can't remember who it was because somebody else was talking about this, I think probably yesterday. Uh, but they, you know, we, we've had this obsession, companies have had this obsession with creating like these boards for literally every single thing uh, to kind of influence how the business is run and whatnot. And, you know, but they have to have input from every single subset of society. You have to have a black, you know, a black voice, a queer voice, a woman voice. And, and you know, because of how things are ratioed, they're because, all you know, they're all liberal. They all have all the same beliefs, but they have to look different. Exactly, exactly. Everybody has to think the same, but we need to, you know, have this illusion of diversity be, that everybody yeah. looks different. <laughs> but it's not ratioed to the point where you could actually make that happen because, you know, black people only make up a 13% of the population or even transgender people only make up still like one, like 0.1% of the population. Yeah. So it's like, if you had all of these boards for all these companies and they were ratioed accurately, you'd have to have like 
the transgender person at a board in the morning and then run over to another board meeting in the middle of the day and another board meeting at the end of the day because it's just not going to happen and so people like to say that these these boards and and companies or whatever it is they don't have diversity because people don't want to hire minority groups and it's like no because there aren't enough people (laughs) it's a hard reality like math is real these are the people that think two plus two equals five this is why they're having this problem yeah there there's not enough of us it's impossible to have an equal ratio in your business or on your board meeting of every single kind of person because it's we're just not it's it's impossible so there's just not enough people in all of the minority groups as you were saying well we we added the uh <laughs> we added the chick-fil-a did you want to dive into yeah i think <sighs> important we can make fun of justin trudeau next week because there's always plenty of ways to do that but this i think is important uh if you guys haven't seen so the toronto blue jays this is anthony bass apparently he his crime was that he retweeted something in favor of the target boycotts and because of that He was forced to apologize for what he did. And it's not just any apology. I think that we really need to listen to what his apology said. And this was just because he retweeted in favor of the boycotts. I cannot emphasize that enough because the apology for for this is insane. Can we turn it up? Is the audio even coming through? I don't hear it. I don't think so. Uh oh. What's going on, System Audio? Um, weird. Let's see if some other audio works. Uh, Timcast, we'll play a second of you. I was trying to see if there was like a. Hmm. It's not working? Oh, I have the wrong, I have the wrong thing. Okay, here we go. I've had the wrong audio selected this whole time. I'm glad you all could hear me. Oh, and my mic's been pinking. Very good. All right, here we go. I recognized yesterday uh, I made a post that was hurtful to the Pride community, which includes friends of mine and close family members of mine. And I am truly sorry for that. Um, I just spoke with my teammates and share with them my actions yesterday. I apologize with them. And as of right now, I'm using the Blue Jays resources to better educate myself, to make better decisions moving forward. Uh, the ballpark is for everybody. Uh, we include all fans at the ballpark and we, and we want to welcome everybody. That's all I have to say. Thank you. I recognized yesterday. Yikes. What? <laughs> oh, you yikes. Know, so you guys, let me know what stood out to you about that but you know he's saying the ball field is for everybody except if okay, you big don't moment tomorrow america's pride retail month. Sorry. except if you don't celebrate pride month except that if you don't think that your children should be wearing a pronoun onesie except if you are a christian you know conservative that has 
you know, that you question what it is that the Pride Month is really about, or you question the LGBT, whatever it is, you have these questions, then that ball field is not for you. Second of the all, ball field like, is for all authorized opinion holders. Exactly. <laughs> like, you know, you could, as long as you are tweeting what, you know, approved tweets, then you can come to the baseball game. <laughs> Which is absolutely insane. <laughs> and, you know, the fact that this is in Canada, you know, when we were about to talk about Justin Trudeau, like, they are definitely a lot more authoritarian uh, than, than <laughs> here in the U.S. So I have to wonder if it had anything to do with that. They've got but your wife like, and I'm, kids. Huh? So they've got your wife and kids, like, a gun to their head. <laughs> Off to the side, they're like, apologize. And, you know, we laugh at that, but that's the kind of thing that happens in places like China and North Korea and all these places where you're not allowed to have a different opinion. So it's, it's scary. But he's like, I'm using the Blue Jays resources yes. to like re-educate myself yes. and, Cringe. you know, to better educate myself. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> we don't, I, I don't know if the viewers know this. I, Sam and I aren't in constant communication about what we're going to talk about because it's news, it's topical. Sometimes we'll decide like yesterday. Um, mm -hmm. But like we we knew what stories we were covering, but we haven't talked about it. Like I think this, I think that exactly what you're saying is exactly what I felt when I read this. Like yeah. if I yeah. went first, I would have said exactly what you said. This is... It's yeah. like re-education. He's like, oh, I'm so yeah. scared. I, I, I'm re-educating and I'm learning from the official position of Blue Jays and MLB. And and I'm sorry, I'll never do it again. Like, it's right. super cringe. Exactly. And I mean, we know uh, what kind of countries that that kind of thing happens in with re-education. It's like, that is terrifying. It is absolutely terrifying. And I think... You know, I, I do have to ask if it might have something to do with the fact that this was in Canada, but then on the other side of it, there was this whole issue with the with the Dodgers and hosting this Pride Night. I don't know. I think I, I sent you the link. If I'm sure a lot of you guys have seen this by now, where the Dodgers hosted this Pride Night and they invited this drag queen group called the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. And um, I don't know if you can click on the link. I don't know if you guys want to watch this <laughs> video. It is so incredibly offensive. Um, oh, I lost it. Oh, there it is. Oh. I mean, we can watch it if you want. This guy. Maybe yeah. just like a few seconds of it so you guys can see what it is. Oh. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at look at this like nun thing over here. Like, can I zoom yeah. in on this? I can't. It's a video. But like over oh my mouse isn't showing. Basically, just to the left of weird trans Jesus, there's like a, a demon nun. Anyway, the whole thing yeah. is no bueno. Yeah. And the this the sisters of perpetual apparently this group has been around forever for like decades, um, but it's shocking to me that they would go like I mean the drag queen shows have been bad enough as it is, 
But the fact that they intentionally invited this group that literally like makes a mockery of Christianity and like some of the most important symbolism and the important most important figure in Christianity, that's not accidental. And in response to this, of course, a lot of people were like, boycott the Dodgers, which 100% do it. But there were a couple of baseball players that came out and said, this is not okay. Um, one of them was named Blake Trenin, and the other one was Trevor Williams. Um, let's see. I thought I had the statement up here, but Sorry, guys, I just saw the comments about the volume. I have turned Samantha up. And it's funny, I turned <laughs> myself down earlier because I'm like, oh, that thing's turning red. I actually, um, funny enough, I was looking at the comments, but I wasn't looking at all of the stuff to control the show. And I forgot, oh, I yeah. should actually be looking at that. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully she's loud and clear. Uh well, Mama outspoken here. <laughs> part of the uh, the statement from Blake Trenin, he said, "You know, I understand that playing baseball is a privilege and not a right. My conviction in Jesus Christ will always come first. Since I have been with the Dodgers, they have been at the forefront of supporting a wide variety of groups. However, inviting the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence to perform to perform disenfranchises a large community and promotes hate of Christians and people of faith." which is 100% true. So I have a question. Did they, <laughs> did they, the, the people that hired this group, did they have to participate in re-education? Like, did they have to sit down with the, the teammates of the Dodgers and understand how this might have been offensive and hurtful to the Christian community? Because guaranteed that's not something that happened. Um, and that this is just, absolutely wild to me um yeah and one of the other things you know they were talking about how to invite and honor a group that makes a blatant and deeply offensive mockery of my religion i think this is from trevor williams he says and the religion of over four million people in los angeles county alone undermines the values of respect and inclusivity that should be upheld by any organization so, you know, he comes out and, and calls them out for, you know, is this your version of inclusivity? Is that what that means? You literally just offended millions of people in this county alone by doing this. So it just goes to show that when they say inclusivity, they don't actually mean inclusivity. I didn't see this before you put it in the show planner and I was floored. Um, I didn't yeah. see trans Jesus thing. I didn't see the statement. Um, oh, no, no, no. I, I did see his apology, but I didn't see like any of the other stuff that you put in. And just looking at it, I was like, well, I was um, where was I? I wasn't at home. I was somewhere, but I was just like, what the crap <laughs> is going on? Th this is right. very re-education-y uh mao's red like cultural revolution um you know is canada gonna be like we'll revoke your citizenship and exile you to our crap snow gulags up north or whatever uh right i just uh, or, or maybe he'll mysteriously disappear or some nonsense oh, right goodness gracious yeah. 
Well, and I mean, like I said, we're seeing uh, more representation and more symbolism of Satan worship. They've now, you know, like I said, a few months, a few years ago, they wanted to just celebrate pride. They wanted to just celebrate, you know, love who you want to love. And now they're like, we are openly mocking and attacking Christianity. And if you don't support it and celebrate it with us, then you're the problem. Then you're the bigot. Mama Outspoken asked, was there any reaction from the crowd? I do not know. I did not watch the whole thing. Um, but I mean, I guess I could take a look. Uh, I've only, I mean, I've only seen that one clip of it. I didn't see any um, notable reaction from the crowd. I mean, I can only imagine you know, if my family had been there, not that I want to start attacking people, but there would have been probably a notable reaction. It's, <laughs> you know, it just it blows my mind. And I was listening to, uh, if you guys follow James Lindsay, he talks a lot about um, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and Marxism, and all of these things. And, you know, he was issuing some kind of warning to say that this really is an attack on Christianity. This is a, an attack on dismantling the churches. But what they're also trying to do is to provoke a response from us so they can justify, you know, retaliation against um, Christians in America. So, you know, there's there's a lot I, to that. I believe that 100 percent. Yeah, there's a lot to it. And that's why I say, you know, this isn't about just like rainbows and relationships there are so much to this and they're just pushing it further and further in one of my videos about target i was like what's next year's collection gonna have are they gonna have like a t-shirt that represents like an inappropriate relationship between an adult and a child are they gonna have like pronoun onesies you know that label people that you know a grown adult man that's 40 years old that identifies as a six-year-old girl like you know they have Take no limits this and no quiz progress. to identify what kind of map are you and they'll exactly. have like little kids be like, this, this, this is your adult, you know, match or whatever. Yeah. And that's just it. It's like, it sounds insane, but all of this stuff sounded insane just a couple of years ago. So it just blows my mind. I will say, yes, you will receive a reaction from Joe Mobley. Uh, it will probably be my fist reacting to your face if I'm there, if I'm there for that. You know, um, we're not in Afghanistan where they have Little Boy Tuesdays um, and all you veterans out there know exactly what I'm talking about. But no, we that's not how we roll here in the United States. There, There's no there is no appropriate romance between adults and children, period. Nope. Sorry. Nope. But that's something they're trying to normalize. And that's all part of queer theory as well. If you guys want to look into queer theory, yeah. you know. Oh. oh, it's so sad. Oh, yeah. goodness gracious. <laughs> Everywhere you turn, they're. Oh, man. Um, yeah. Diamond Dave asked if we would have people from the chat on the show. Um. I said, that's interesting. We'll talk about it and consider it. There it is. There's the comment. Um, 
But I did say I dropped in the chat. If you're interested in appearing on the show, maybe for a panel or maybe to come up here and chat with us about a story or something, um, send an email to ask at the Joe Mobley show dot com. Mm -hmm. You can you can send a direct message on an, on whatever social media profile. I may or may not see it like the last four or five days. My social media interaction has been trash because I've been swamped with work. Uh, Sorry. Uh, but if you send me an email, I, I am one of those obsessive people that tries to clear my inbox every day because I don't know. I don't know why. I'm just a psycho. I do the same thing. I do the same thing. It drives yeah. me crazy to have unread email in my email inbox. But um, yeah, delete, there's a lot. Do you delete a lot of your emails or do you just need them to be unread? Uh, it depends on what it is. I probably delete about half of them. <laughs> nice it yeah. feels so good <laughs> yeah it does to have that all cleaned up but i mean i mean the important thing guys is to really just understand what this stuff is and i don't want people to feel like you know there's no hope or there's um you know that we're being so inundated and bombarded with this stuff that there's nothing that we can do i mean i you know i believe in god i am a christian but whether or not you that's your belief or not like god is in control you know, we've got to keep just living the best lives that we can and, you know, living, creating the best home environments that we can, um, because that's going to be the best thing for our kids and our community and for the people around us. So, you know, I don't think people realize how important that is, but also the more you know about what's really going on, the more that you are equipped to deal with it and to face it and to fight it in whatever way that you can. So I just don't want people to feel like there's there's nothing we can do and this is all just doom and gloom. <laughs> Yeah, and I'll tell you, whether or not you believe in God, a God, whatever, this is true. You're not in control. You, whoever yeah. you are, you are not in control. Uh, you cannot add a moment to your life. You didn't decide when you were born. If you plant five apple seeds outside, you can't decide which one of them will bloom if any of them will bloom <laughs> Uh, you, you're not in control of anything. And that's really the, that this is one of the biblical truths that I think was just like the biggest aha for me when I realized it. But basically all anger is because we're not in control. I'm upset because I want it this way and it is this way. So I am angry. And that's like, that's like a matrix moment. You're not in control of pretty much anything your attitude and in some ways your actions that's it uh yeah i think you nailed it yeah well All i think right. we, that's probably i think that's probably going to be it for tonight it's hi, it's randall. that time <laughs> i was just reading the comments hi randall and hi diamond dave thanks for participating yeah it's been fun guys do all the things like share subscribe um definitely when you share it it's the best because the algorithms have no control over that you're just like oh hey take a look at this they hate it oh it's so glorious i that's my favorite thing that people do uh and anyway yeah like share subscribe do all the things the links are below that is all that we got for you lovely people do you have anything before the outro nope like share subscribe go to rumble go to youtube if you have to Go to Twitter. Um, yeah. I'm excited like for Twitter to grow. Boom. <laughs> now to hit.
him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. If that was the first prayer you've ever prayed, I hope it won't be the last. Until next time, this is The Joe Mobley Show.